0: Hello everybody and welcome back to your bonafide favourite pop culture podcast. As always, I'm joined with Laura, who's tuning in all the way, zooming in all the way from London. All the way
1: from London. It's officially Daylight Savings here, so we're very wow. happy. It's 8.30pm. It's how 7.30, Luz? 7.30 over here. Just a yeah. nice
0: time difference chat to warm the people
1: up. <laughs> <laughs> to get the people going.
0: To get the people going. Today we're going to be talking about... Whether we're good friends or not, (laughs) we're going to be talking about friendship. Spoiler (laughs) alert, I'm not at the moment.
1: (laughs) But by the end, she will be.
0: By the end, I will be just like by the end of last week's episode. I, and I know we told you all not to do this, but I put every single one of my friends into a box based on the Enneagram test.
1: We literally had like a 10 minute caveat about why you should not do this.
0: (laughs) But it's seriously, it made some of my friends so much easier to understand. Like, the fives and sixes in my life, I'm like, I get it. Like, I get why you're like that now. You just did want you, all the information.
1: Did you get them to do the test or did you just decide that they were? I
0: got them to do the test, but in my head I had my own little predictions. <laughs> and were they right always after your one-week
1: bumper course?
0: Um, They weren't always right, no. But, <laughs> but look... I am the first to admit that I get this wrong.
1: (laughs) This is what we literally warned against. So how did the friends who were a five, is that who you were watching Formula One with?
0: Yeah. And it was because she could like, she really wanted to know something. So then she Googled it, like read the Wikipedia out. Out for it, and then could like make sense of what all the rules meant, and like describe it back to me. Like she investigated it on the spot, and I was like, "You're such a fan." I
1: cannot. This makes me so. Reading it in the newsy when you were talking about twice about people's enneagram types, and then you made a focaccia. Yeah, okay. And honey baked ricotta. Laura has changed my
0: life, like single handedly, given me <laughs> some healthy and unhealthy habits. Like i.e. me putting in front of a healthy one. <laughs> Well, me now seeing everything is totally black and white based on the Enneagram tears. No, but I, I did. I made um, the focaccia and I made the honey-baked ricotta because I feel like, and this is so, like, tooting our own horn, but shit you should cook about is, like, the only thing I've ever read. First of all, the only food content I've ever
1: Concerned. No. Yeah. I don't care. No, it's not. I don't care about food. Yeah. Well, I love food. You can, I don't care about I just cooking. want to say to everyone, like, she kept us very quiet when I was pitching it. You're like, yeah, I love that. No. And I was like, yeah, isn't cooking amazing? Yeah. No, okay. I said I love the
0: idea because I told Ruby and Ruby was like, our audience is gonna fucking love that. And I was like, great, because I am never gonna be the one to write I'm never gonna be able to give them that.
1: <laughs> it's not for me. And that's
0: what always works is like people are gonna like things that I don't like and I can't write it for them but you can. And so yeah, I made the focaccia and I will say I did not put in enough oil and I did not put in enough salt. But my friends came over and they really liked it, but I I just my little brother brother makes a fucking good one, so I knew that it just wasn't quite yeah. as fluffy as it should be. And the, I did enjoy the process even though it took quite a while.
1: Um, it's the process because you can do things while you know, it's happening. you know, You're like, oh, I'll go shave my legs. Yeah.
0: And then the, honey, <laughs> you know? the honey-baked ricotta was fucking good. And so now I want to make it again but do like a baked brie. And then I decided, like oh you said, God. this is going to be like the only thing I ever take to any potluck because usually I just bring um, a platter, which I've just assembled cheese <laughs> and crackers that I
1: bought. Well, this is like that, but it's in the box. Yeah, I- The number of times I have genuinely made this, like, while someone else is driving the car, yeah. to be clear, but literally on my lap, yeah. like, and we used to have a rosemary bush outside our house, so I would, like, snip off a few It's <laughs> from the neighbor's one. It's
0: touches like that that make it seem, like, I didn't have that, and I couldn't even find rosemary, so...
1: But despite the fact that it looked kind of beige, Phineas adored oh, yeah. it.
0: Despite the fact that it looked beige, I and it was liking a bit of oil and a little bit of salt. He couldn't taste it, and he just replied, "What do you reply like? Wow, 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 or like OMG or something?" And I, it was amazing. That, being like, bro, when you come back to New Zealand, I'll make you a vegan one because I'm pretty sure he's vegan. You
1: did not say that. No, I didn't. Where the fuck are we going to find vegan ricotta?
0: Oh like, no! Like honestly, I'll get my milkmaid outfit on and I will whip up like. <laughs> From scratch, a fake, a fake ricotta. Somehow,
1: it's cashew. <laughs> it's yes, it's cashew ricotta. <laughs> she's gone from hating cooking to adapting no. <laughs> recipes. Everyone, she's dairy free.
0: Promising celebrities, I'm a fucking <laughs> whip them up a vegan ricotta, like from scratch. No. So anyway, oh
1: my goodness. If you
0: all haven't um, gotten on board with shit you should cook about. It is that easy. Seriously, I can do it, and I did promise on the mic that I would do it. And now I feel really good. You did. That I, have.
1: I honestly, it was so wonderful to see it, and I feel like now you have to commit to every week. Nope. Cooking can't
0: do every week. <laughs> nope. No way. But I was. I will say, I was waiting for you to wake up on the other side of the world. Um, the whole time I was making it and posting about it, I was like, "Fuck! I just I can't wait to see Laura's reaction to this." <laughs> Not finished. Like, i could i could care less. <laughs> <laughs> i just i
1: just want Laura, to be proud of me i was, I was so and i to, from the internet you can't see that it lacked salt or oil but yeah. i am interested why you hate cooking being the a that you are and loving control oh I guess okay. maybe baking
0: so every time i cook something i like get the from it like i will cook it and i'll be fine and then i'll just like if someone else had made it to, for me fine if i've made it for myself i just don't trust that it's going to be good i'm
1: packing that little sentence So <laughs> <laughs> why aren't you proud of the things you do Liz?
0: oh <laughs> <laughs> god I actually am obsessed with you I did feel like <laughs> last week well actually even since you've come on to Culture Vulture it's been like oh. me just being like yeah I and I am really bad at this and this is an issue in my life and then like last week I remember coming off the mic and thinking I know I have a podcast but I did overshare just then <laughs>
1: I had this moment, where two of my friends like sent me a message that they were like listening to the podcast together, and I kind of had forgotten that it wasn't just you and me. Like, I know and, and I was really embarrassed for like twenty seconds. Oh, I was like, oh I know. no! Other people hear
0: this because we we do be getting like quite personal on these on these podcasts lately. But that's I mean that's great um what describes your week I feel like we've dived right into we've gone we really have
1: so what describes my week I mean it is to be fair more about food because that is who I am but this week I don't know what I'd describe it as but I did something very cool that I've not really done before and I helped organize this like supper club for lack of a better term but it basically I met this publicist over here and we were talking about how like And I feel like it's the same in most industries. There's like a woman in blah, blah, blah event or like woman in music or woman in marketing or whatever. And they're always just a bit naff. Like, I don't know. I feel like you've probably been to media once and it's like you stand around awkwardly having a drink and everyone talks to the people that they already know. And it's like, why did I come here? I just. Yeah. I don't
0: go to them because for that very reason.
1: (laughs) Well, exactly. They're just a bit naff. And so we were chatting about how like I was, I love cooking. I love curating dinners. And would love to get to know more people here. And so we put on this dinner where we both invited two people that didn't know each other and only knew us. And so we had this dinner together, which was like really intimate. It was like six people. And we sat down for like three hours. And everyone just like had a lovely chat, got to know each other. Was such a random mix of people who like loosely worked in music, but Mm. not really. Like it could have been anyone. And it was so fun. And I feel like that's something I could never do in New Zealand because everyone knows each other. Like, Honestly, based on hearing that, you are, like, the most
0: healed person I know. Like, like you are, like, the most. (laughs) What? Like, that is what. Let me call Rupert. He'll
1: tell you that's not correct. I
0: feel like, and it's funny because we're going to go into friendship soon and a lot of friendship is, like, community building and being confident enough to, like do that and bring people from different areas of life and make them feel, like, comfortable in one space. But so many people, like, even me, it's my dream to be able to want to do that, like, to be able to want yeah. to host people and have them, like, all in a space and feel comfortable that they're all going to get to know each other and that I don't have to fucking like, control everyone's, make sure that all having, <laughs> dare I say control, make sure they're all having, like, the best time ever, blah, blah, blah. I just think that's amazing. I oh. just, that's, like, I feel like the goal If not for everyone,
1: maybe for eights. (laughs) Maybe. maybe. Well, this is the thing. It's like that is quite some people's literal worst nightmare. And so very aware that that's not for everyone. And, like, you know, also I will say, and this has been a learning space for me, I used to throw a lot of, like, parties and dinner events and stuff back home. And I'd invite lots of random people. But my issue was I didn't always tell everyone who was coming that that's what was happening. And so some I did have a few times where people would turn up for dinner thinking they were going to have, like, a small one-on-one and there's like 30 people in my living room and that is not great for people who have social anxiety or just don't vibe that so (laughs) I have also learned but this was definitely like yeah it was just cool like
0: I have a note on exactly what you just said happened to me last week I thought I was catching up with one person for a dinner and I got there and I went and I said oh a table for this person that booked it and they were like oh over there and there was like four people, and I was like, no, like, it's just me and this other person, so that must be a different person with the same name, and then, so they were like, oh, just sit down here and, like, wait, and then someone from the table came over and said, hey, are you friends with this person? I was like, yeah, and they said, oh, we're all sitting over here, like, come sit over here, and I sat down, I was like, honestly... They were all really nice. I was like, who the fuck are, like, all of you? And then they sort of – we introduced ourselves and then like – the mutual friend was late, so then the mutual friend came and – The glue. The 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 glue. glue. And she was just like, oh, yeah, I I didn't tell you um, because, Lucy, just I know you're so extroverted and, like, you would be fine at this situation. And I was like, yeah, I would be fine if I'd sort of known that's what I was – like, yeah, I'm fine to chat to people, but I just – I didn't know that's what I was getting into. And so when I sat down, I was kind of like, okay, so who are Um, y'all? And so that's like exactly what you were just talking about, preempting or letting people know.
1: But it was fun. And I think, like, it's sometimes it's a genuine oversight. Like, for me, it was. And it's like just learning to not be ignorant and be like, oh, not everyone's like me is, like, a very good thing to learn early on. Um, So, Luce, what describes your week? Um, Well, aside from all the
0: things that we've just talked about, um, I wrote (laughs) – sound the alarm, and this is because I get really intense alarm anxiety. I don't like being the one that has to go in and, like, um, unlock a room, or I just – again, I just don't trust myself to do it right, no matter how many times I get yeah. taught, So we come into the podcast studio to record quite early um, these days, and because I produce it, I'm the only one here as well. And producer you know, loose, everyone. Producer, producer loose. loose. Last week I came in and – I und- I did the alarm the exact same way as I always do, right? I've done it before, multiple times. And it just didn't work. And it just, like, wouldn't say disarmed, wouldn't, like, do the beep, beep, beep to let you know that it was fine. And then it just went blank. And then while we were recording, I saw the alarm, like, people fussing outside because the alarm had gone off. And luckily I'd text, like, all the people I need to text being like, hey, the alarm's being weird. I've done it the exact same as... You know, you know, usual, and then they got the alarm guy to fix it and then, like, text me and said, this is what you need to do, and I was like, yep, thought I did do that, but sorry if I fucked it up. Came in again this morning, and the exact same thing has happened, and I just feel like I'm being gaslit, or I feel like i just so dumb, and I already hate doing this oh. shit, right? And so I'm sitting in here, like, someone's going to get a phone call, the alarm's going to go off, they're going to have to ring the guy to come in again, I'm going to get another, like, Lucy, like we told you how to do oh. this. And I'm like, I swear to fucking god, I have been doing this the exact same way sit like for a year or whatever.
1: Oh, the anxiety of that though. I or oh, I have that, but with like, have I left a plug turned on? Yeah. And the anxiety of like, yes. is someone gonna have to go to the home when I'm not there and like, like someone like a fire crew? I know. Like,
0: <laughs> and I literally oh. I text the people again this morning being like I don't know if I'm gaslighting myself or what, but I, like, gave them the fucking steps that I did, and I was like, tell me. And what have they said? They haven't woken up yet. Well, it was, like, 5 a.m. when I came in here. (laughs) and The alarm hasn't gone off yet, but last time it didn't go off until fucking 8.30, so I'm just not feeling safe. I know.
1: Oh, well, stay tuned, everyone.
0: Yeah. We'll see. We will tell you if the alarm goes off. Anyway, it's, like, Honestly, it's made me want to like switch studios. Like I don't want to keep coming in here and like sitting off yeah. the alarm and fucking all these people off, which they're fine about it. They oh. like Yeah. Anyway, so No, it you know, can't happen every time. That's um well, I just thought it can't happen another time, you know? Why did it happen no. the week after? So that's what describes my week because it's happened last weekend, this week. I'm going to do my Naughty or Nice, and then we're going to talk about friendships. Um, full disclosure, everyone, I was going to talk about Gwyneth Paltrow for Naughty or Nice, but then I just don't care. So I
1: am not. I really love, Lucy slacked me and just said, was going to talk about this. Mm, don't no,
0: care. No, I've <laughs> seen enough about it. I don't really like Gwyneth Paltrow. I don't like Goop. I don't no. like her, What I Eat in a Days. It no. was just like.
1: Her what? what i eat in
0: a day. Yeah, she did this controversial what i eat in a day which it was Ooh. spoiler alert basically nothing and green juice. Green juice, bone broth, you know, that kind of that kind of vibe. Um but I did just read before we got on mic. Um Barbie Ferreira has just went on Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard and Oh, I love that podcast. Same. And she talked about why she left Euphoria um which people have been speculating about for a long time. Um. Anyway, so she said and, – and so I think the speculation was a little bit true. She said she left Euphoria because she didn't want to be the fat best friend, which is what people were assuming. Her storyline wasn't going in a way that they thought that Barbie would be into – um, so she said, I don't think there was a place for her to go, she said of her character Kat. Um, I think there were places she could have gone. I just don't think it would have fit into the show. I don't know if it was going to do her justice, and I think both parties knew that I really wanted to be able to not just be the fat best friends. I don't want to play that, and I, I know I think they didn't want that either. She said it was a mutual decision between her and Sam Levinson, Um, But that she really hated when fans got upset, like, seeing Kat's character basically go from this real cool, empowered character to just sort of a background character almost. Mm. Um, And then she said, Sam writes for, like, things that he relates to. I don't think he relates to Kat. Um, I like Kat, so I get to go on my own path. Wow. Speculation cleared up about why she's leaving, and it sort of was for the reasons everyone Expected. Anyway, I think that's nice. I think it's nice that she got to clear it up on her own terms and also that it's not nice that the character basically was one of the coolest characters and then didn't really show up in season two, but nice that she gets to do her thing, Barbie Mm -hmm. Ferreira. Anyway, Laura, the main topic today: friendships, friendship recessions, moving closer to your friends, friend, moving away from your friendships.
1: Friends. Are they naughty? Are they nice? You be the judge. <laughs> Mine are all naughty because I've got none left because they've all left me. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna get, we're gonna unpack that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, basically today's topic. I feel like. I was torn about whether we talk about it because I think it's something that we didn't see enough on for a very long time, Mm. but now it's almost become this kind of cliche that like, you know, in popular culture, we lack kind of like a script for friendships or like, I don't know, putting them in boxes or figuring out things about them. But now we've got like essays, books, rules on how to operate in a friendship, the power of friendship. Like Mm. there's so much about it now that almost I'm like, is it overdone? Um, but also, this is a space for us to chat. Is friendship overdone? No.
0: <laughs> is friendship <laughs> overrated? No, but I also feel like there was that – the whole, like, everything I know about loveification of, like, female friends and friendship and seeing it reflected back to you on TV, which I think, again, is is good and it's bad because it really showed a romantic, a romantic yeah. view of female friendship, which, like, I have female best friends – And really tight friendships. It's not like that, though. It's like sisters, and it's not Mm. like that romantic, like, dig – like, I don't know. It just – it feels very different, and it makes you sort of compare, which Mm. I'm never that into, but – good to have. That's really interesting.
1: I feel, yeah. It's a, well, I think today we're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff around it and there might not be, this might not be linear, everyone. Spoiler alert, as it never is. <laughs> yes. Based off last week when we couldn't even do the Enneagram no, numbers in order. No,
0: I died. I know.
1: <laughs> For anyone listening back to that, I'm so sorry. um But yeah, basically this also came up because... I saw this thing about there being a friendship recession at the moment, which have you heard about this, Luce?
0: I think, like... A while ago, Duncan had sent me a really sad article about um, how people, especially men growing up, have, like, less friends. And I think that was when I yeah. first heard of it, but I, since then I haven't.
1: So there's here's some stats for everyone. So there was a study conducted by the General Social Survey, survey, survey <laughs> for over two decades on social isolation in America, and it concluded that the average American has one close friend – And it's the leading Mm. cause of people seeking counseling is loneliness. Um, Americans without, and also these stats are very American. So let's, you know, we don't, we, New Zealand, we don't have any. (laughs) Americans without (laughs) friends have increased 250% in the past, in the recent years. And alarmingly, which I think this is probably what Duncan was quoting, 15% of young men today report having no close friends compared to 3% in the 1990s. Um, people attribute this to the COVID pandemic, testing friendship networks, um, and other factors contributing to declines such as worker workerholism, relationship breakdowns, geographical mobility, and far more. But also the rise of individualism. And I just mm-hmm. think that this is so interesting that particularly in the past three years. And it, I know that this is focusing a lot on male friendships, but I think across the board, this is being felt by a lot of people. And, like, in your case, those people physically moving and leaving. And so I think it's just really nice today to kind of talk about friendship, a lot of iterations of friendship, like, and a lot of the different things that can come up in friendships, really. Mm. Something that I found quite interesting this week when I was looking into this is that apparently 12 to 15 friends is the optimum number of friends to have with three to four close friends as ideal.
0: See, it's so hard to, like, um, to know who... Like, 12 to 15 friends. Who's
1: close and who's not?
0: Yeah, in my head, I'm like, I don't even think I have, like, friends in my head is like people that I would, like, hit up to see on the weekend, you know? Like, I obviously you have work friends. Yeah, th- and this might be me, like, putting that in the wrong box. Put
1: them in buckets for me. I want to have a bucket. You got your work friends. Got your work
0: friends, which mine also... Uh, <laughs> I happen to be a really good friends. <laughs>
1: oh, here we I know. go. Well, I
0: don't know. Like, I find friendship a really fickle thing because often, also, I wonder if people are getting more out of me being their friend than I'm like getting from them. And there's just, I don't know. There's just. Oh,
1: <laughs> this is funny you should say that, Luz, because so apparently, if you go back to like, if we look at what friendships should be and how they're kind of idealized. Even back in like Aristotle times, friendship was idealized as the ultimate relationship as above like familial, above romantic, because it was made up of genuine and radical equality with no transactions. Mm. So the idea that there is nothing in that relationship for you apart from the relationship itself. Wow. And I love, I've used this quote again and again before, but it's, by Timothy Callan, it says, To be fully known and truly loved is what we need more than anything. It liberates us from pretense, humbles us out of our self-righteousness, and fortifies us for difficulty. any difficulty life can throw at us. Which, for me, is like, that is what a friendship is. But also, that's quite an intense thing to apply to, like, your work friends yeah. who may not yeah. fully know and love you <laughs> yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're listening... <laughs> my friends at
0: work. <laughs> hey, do you fully see me for, like, everything I am and you don't do want anything you? out of me? <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's six people I went to that summer club with. Uh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's actually so, – it's so it's so hard to define. And also it's like, well, do we fucking have to, Lucy? Like, we probably don't have to.
1: Well, this I think this is the thing. But I think also it's like what has been known to you and how much does that mean to you? So, like, there was a time in my life when I feel like – there was, like, if I turned up to a cafe and I was meeting my friend and I was, of course, late, like I always am, and they got there before me and they'd ordered my coffee for me and they'd ordered, like, the coffee that they know I like, that would, like, send me off. Like, that was the yeah. best thing in the world to be like, this person knows me, you know? Like, yeah. But actually, yeah, I- something like that can mean so much to someone.
0: and That would still mean, I reckon, shit like that or... For me, it's if you've sent me something, like I have one friend who just knows my humour so well well, that she'll, like, send me a TikTok and it'll weirdly be, like, the most niche thing that only, like, the two of us will understand. I have a few friends like this, actually, that both from the same family, which is, like, that family obviously just gets my sense of (laughs) humour. But they, and that is what makes me feel, like, really seen, I think. Whereas I have, like, best, best friends, like Ruby and Liv, who, like, would never fucking see a TikTok and send it to me. doesn't make them any less of a friend, but it's just, it's so interesting the little things that people do that, like,
1: move the dial for you. Move the dial. And <laughs> I think is what, this idea of, like, transactions, and I think, again, not to make this all about the Enneagram, but, like, it's really good to ask yourself if you're in a friendship, I think, like, what is, and I've said this before, this is my best friend here who says this, so I'm taking her quote, but like, what is the engine for me here? And so as an mm. Enneagram 2, I love to feel loved. I love to give love, but I also really want to feel loved. And the worst thing for me would be not feeling that. And so 2s have a tendency to kind of like do things for people and like, I'm going to learn mm. your coffee order and I'm going to know when your birthday isn't, which I actually don't. I don't know when any of my friends' birthdays are. I'm the worst at that. But they do all these things because they're like, I want to get love back. And I think in some ways that could be what makes a person really beautiful, but in other ways if you're just in doing that to feel something back, it's like what is yeah. that engine for you? And I think we all have a tendency possibly in our friendships yeah. to be like that sometimes.
0: And then because of different love languages, like just because you're doing something to someone – and, and then you're, like, doing it because you hope for it back, their love language could be completely fucking different and, like, an active ser- – you're not going to get an active service back, but you might get, like – they might say really good words to you all the time, or you know, and you're like, well, that's not enough. Please, can you order me a coffee? Like, oh. you, it's just – Wait, so such- what are your
1: love languages, Luce I feel like you've just opened up a whole box there. <laughs> a
0: whole box. Um – I think, weirdly, gift-giving is my love language. Like, not in the way of, like, I physically have to present you a gift, but, like, I I don't know. I like to – things will remind me of someone, and I'll either, like, write about it or send it to them or, like, actually, like, pick it up for them, or that's, like, my love language. I don't know what I want to receive. I don't know what, like, I – Nice. Well,
1: that's, that's what's interesting because you can show love in a different way to how you want to get it back, yeah. which I think is a common misconception with love languages is people are like, I'm touch. It's like, do yeah. you, are Fuck you? No.
0: <laughs> no one better ever try to hug me. That's my least love. I have
1: thing. hugged you every time I've seen you. Are you telling me this now? Well, what? That's, well, that's another thing.
0: That's like if you're on an outside level of friend, which we were at the time getting to know each other, that's usually outside fine. Outside
1: level of
0: friend? Catch me and Ruby hugging each other you fucking want. That would be, like, as rare as something really rare. Uh, (laughs) But it's, like, she's, like, my fucking ride or die. It's just that, I don't know. Oh, I love that. Or I do have some really close friends that, like, it's okay to – No. It's okay to –
1: Oh, this is – this, there's so many places we can go with this, but I think before we go anywhere, so I want to talk about two things today. I want to talk about something I've talked about in the newsletter before, which is this like chosen family, soul friends yes. thing, which I think also possibly is slightly romanticized like you were talking about earlier. But I also want to talk about this idea of friendships changing and sustaining them, which is kind of pertinent to your life right now. <laughs> but mm. first I was looking up um, that article recently that we've chatted about a bit that had like the rules of... Was it like the rules of life or like things yes, to live by? Yes. And there were three on friendship that I found very interesting that I wanted to run past you and get your hot take. Okay. So the first rule is if you are meeting your friend, you may callously cancel any plan with them up until 2 p.m. Um
0: is that like for an evening plan?
1: I'm I'm assuming so. No, it's not at 3 p.m.
0: Yeah. <laughs> It's like it's a lunch plan, and you're two hours late. <laughs> um, I if you have a good reason, I would do that.
1: I think 2 p.m. There's still lots of time. I also feel like yeah. if I change a plan, and my friend is like, "Oh my god, thank God!" I was feeling the same thing. I feel like 40 times closer to them.
0: Yeah. Yes. I. Yep. I agree, and I also think I'm understanding that people have busy fucking lives if it's like three times in a row and they've cancelled on me then i will get the hint and yeah
1: not reach out for a while but i think you can i think that's i will reach i will reach out no matter what you can tell me literally (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: we've cancelled five times now i don't i'm at your house (laughs) i've got a (laughs) vacation and i'm at your fucking house that's why you are such a good friend. You're so healed. Well, I don't even no, know. That I'm might really, be a bad no. thing to say that you're so healed. I just don't know the other word. You're like so whole. What? You're like so good. I feel like because you've done the work, you know all this interesting shit that you always bring to Culture Vulture and I think you've done the work. I
1: have, I have <laughs> not done the work. Disclaimer.
0: She's unhinged, but she's like she's really good chaos. at friendship.
1: I've done some work. <laughs> Yeah. I don't think I do not think I've done enough on friendship. My goodness. This is which brings me to this one, I think. Um, not well, no, not specifically this one, but this is one that I had to learn because I so I was in like I was in long term relationships for like from when I was literally like 16 to 23. Yeah, uh, oh yeah, 16 something <laughs> like 16 to 22, maybe. Um, and then I was single and then I got married, so it's like been a you know a ride, mm-hmm. but. I had quite a, a while where I was a single friend and everyone I knew was dating in quite serious relationships. And now I feel like that is flipped for me, where I'm now like married and a lot of my friends are single. So this one is don't be loudly naive about dating apps if you're in a relationship.
0: I love Which it.
1: I have seen a lot of. Tell me your thoughts.
0: Um, well, it's funny because it's like I am the single friend, but also I don't use dating apps because I don't actually want anyone. So I would also be... <laughs> Loudly naive about fucking dating apps and just not care. But I do think I heard someone talking about this one. I probably only heard one side of this, obviously. Um, And they said, like, it just can't make you feel good having someone be like, oh, and I don't know what way you swipe and I don't know how you do this because it just, again, reiterates how... They have someone that they don't have to do that. They don't should do this
1: dating. Totally. Actually. And you're just trying to be like, Oh my gosh, I'm so glad I don't have to go on dates anymore. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. not it's not the one. So yeah. Um I agree with and that. And then the final one is if your friend is dating someone you seriously object to, you've got one shot to sit your pal down and say what you think.
0: That is a very I think that is a very good rule. And I also think that People that have been dating each other since high school, like I almost, I do feel like you've often missed the mark. Like if you've grown up and you're now like, you know, I'm like 25 and you know people that have been dating since high school and you haven't been like brave enough to have the confrontation yeah. at, while you were literal children. I actually do think sometimes you have to let that go. Like, oh, no know, way like, could
1: you bring that up now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You don't want to fucking drop a bomb 10 years in like, oh, by the way, I don't like Can that person. Can you imagine? But you have to learn how to deal with, I think, your own shit. Yeah. Then. Like if you can't bring it up, then you can't. It's like when you say you forgive someone, then you have to commit to that forgiveness. Oh, I love So if you that. don't like that person and then you uh, 10 years on still don't like them but you haven't said anything, you just have to commit to knowing how to yeah. live with that, I yeah. think, for your friend's benefit. I've never thought about that before out loud. So. I really love this.
1: <laughs> it's raw thought, everyone.
0: <laughs> raw dog in this chat.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. I, well, I do think as well, what comes into that is what bucket the friendship sits in. Like, I do not think you should be telling your, like, work colleague that you've never seen outside of the <laughs> office that you hate their girlfriend. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. And so yes. I, I honestly think it would only for me fall into a category of literal best friend. I don't think yes. I would comment otherwise no. because I also think, having done this before, you can fall into this trap when you're seeing someone where you like only tell your friends when something's bad. Yeah, and then yeah. they only they have to build up this perception, and then you're like actually surprised I love them. Yeah, and it's really hard for them to see them as anything else.
0: Or they um will tell you some bad stuff and then be worried that you'll only remember the bad stuff, so then they'll only tell you good stuff to sort of overcompensate. Um, And I think that's fair enough to do as well if you've had, like, friends in your life that haven't been able to forgive properly and, like, move forward. So then – because what do they always say? Friends and family never forgive, but you might. Like, it's that doesn't have to be the case, I think people grow, people change.
1: People grow and change. And speaking of changing, Luce, you've had some changes in your friendship circles.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I have. And, okay, so it's actually really funny that we bring this up today because Hayden, who I live with, one of my besties, also dates another one of my besties, um, he moved to Sydney today. The Smashburger King himself. Smashburger King himself. And he's a really close friend. And I almost found it harder him leaving than... Ruby and Liv leaving because I feel like I'm I'm linked to Ruby and live in a way that, like, doesn't know borders. Like, I didn't feel a strong thing, and, and they won't mind me saying this because I think they felt the same. I didn't feel, like, any strong type of emotion when I knew that we were leaving each other or when we physically left each other because it's just, it's never been about that. But then on the other side of, of that, I think it's made me feel like a worse friend having them having like a lot of people leave, and then I really am not good and don't enjoy like reaching out and having long phone calls or long Facetimes, or. But I know some people need that, so mm. then like Liv loves a Facetime, but for some fucking reason, and always has been like this. It's probably. Because my parents never ever call me, we just wait until I see them and we catch up. But I just, you know, it would take a lot for me to pick up the phone and like have a long convo. It's, I also just feel like because I communicate twenty four seven in my fucking job, yeah. which is not an excuse for um friendships. But anyway, so I and then I read. I've been reading a lot of books that have like gorgeous female friends that are really close, and watching a lot of TV shows and watching like Belle exist and you exist. These people who have very like romantic but also very honest friends that are so – you do, like, nice things together and really, like, wholesome things together, and I'm just, like, it's not my type of friendship but also, like, I wish it was.
1: What? So. I mean, first just first of all, me and Bella are writers, so we romanticise the shit out of everything. Yeah. So, yeah, like, our friendships trying- probably look quite similar to your friendships, but we're like, and then we went out to the ocean and yeah. – <laughs> <laughs> And I thought and when I opened my
0: eyes, she was there. And i, no, and I Holding my beautiful. soul. <laughs> yeah, I think it's beautiful, but it's like fucking hell. I've the only people that I feel that way with are you and Belle, which is nice because it's like different friends make you feel different things. I also, just on that, I think when Ruby and Liv first like left and then I was scrolling on TikTok and I saw Flex Mummy, she had this like video about being a bad friend and I was like oh my god and so I watched it and and it was like (laughs) we all know the things that make people bad friends the person who doesn't plan anything the one who never messages first and the one you can't trust with your secrets and all three are me because (laughs) like I don't plan anything and I don't know why and I never message first, and that's because I hate it. And I don't feel like I need that to know that we still love each other. And you can't trust me with your secrets because it's like the circle of trust between me, Ruby, and Liv. So anything I get told, it's the I'll trinity. Tell. It's the <laughs> trinity. We just we all hold each other's secrets. They are really good with secrets. They won't fucking tell me a thing. But because of my nature. <laughs> I get told something and I won't sleep or I have to get that's why I trust them so deeply
1: (laughs) this is actually really beautiful I think you actually do have the romantic friendships you don't think you have you just like no but like we would
0: we would Ruby's gonna listen and laugh at this like we would never write about each other in a way that was or like even act around each other in a way that was like oh my god like you see into my soul oh, like, my. you oh. get like it's like <laughs> I, me and Ruby can just like exist together she's basically the only person that I can handle living with in close quarters like yeah as in share a bed with her for weeks and yeah I've come to realize she's the only person that I can do that with and that's very that's special to me but that's like a fucking weird thing some people can do that with anyone <laughs>
1: Anyway, I've just done a monologue about how I'm a bad friend. This is quite... I mean, first of all, I also think this romantic romanticizing friendships thing also is slightly generational. Like, me and Bella are on the older end of, like, whatever the hell this spectrum is. And I feel like we grew up, like... Well, for me, I grew up on, like, the tail end of Sex and the City. Like, that was never a thing when I was growing up. I was too young for that. But I knew about it from the gen before. But, like... We've you know, we haven't grown up with like I don't know. I grew know, up it's... with
0: dog with a block. So <laughs> I just became a dog with a block.
1: <laughs> no,
0: I do not I don't think I ever actually watched that. I don't
1: know. <laughs> I just love so hard I winded myself. <laughs> and that solves it.
0: <laughs> That's the generational differences. Right <laughs>
1: That was true. I do think that there are some generational differences, but also I, you do have different friends for different things. And I think like the intimacy that you just described that you have with rooms and Liv is like so close. And I do think this comes up a lot of people being like, I'm, I'm shit at comms. I don't message first. And I am, and I know this because people have said it to me, like I am too two comms, like moving across <laughs> the other side of the world hasn't really been that much of an issue apart from forgetting people's birthdays, which is like I'm so bad at that. But yeah,
0: get to.
1: I can constantly be messaging people, like in his wedding speech, Rupert was like, And to the bridesmaids, you know, you think that Laura's just talking to one of you, she's messaged you all at the same time. <laughs> and she's <laughs> <Yes>. like,
0: <laughs> You are fucking How ridiculous. Are we all? <laughs> I'll wake <laughs> up and there'll be like seven slacks, like from Laura, just about like. I don't know, something that has happened overnight that. she you see the, the girl point. shit? Yeah. And I'll be like, yeah, you saw that on all my channels. Didn't even message me. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 that is like unhinged dog with a blog oh.
1: energy. <laughs> I, like, I do not dog with a blog with me.
0: No, I know. Like, I feel like I speak to multiple, so then I feel like it means that i don't have to speak to like singular a singular not it doesn't cancel well okay
1: this is also just to bring it back to the enneagram for a second they'll also when you do the test which also we linked the wrong test everyone so if one made you pay you do do not have to pay that one gives you your results and you tap out of that website we don't want anyone paying we don't we don't know what the website like we don't we just
0: so much hatred on that like went away and did something i don't know worked and then like everyone was like, "You need to disclose that this is a paid ad." I was like, "It's not."
1: I'm just we'll see, a would love idiot. to be paid. Would love <laughs> to be paid by the Enneagram, nah. <laughs> but there is a test which now we have linked, which you can do, and when you do it, it will give you a variant, and your variant will be sexual, social, or instinctual, and that talks about how you connect with people. And so, a sexual oh. variant connects with lots of different people at once. Social variant is far more like one on one. And I think instinctual is more like you're better at being, like, by yourself, I think. I'm not quite sure. But coming back to that, it's like you are good with, like, lots of people, right, on a level, but then it's like you'd rather not do the singular.
0: Yes. And I feel like that the reason that feels instinctual, like, if that's the category it falls into or I fall into, is because I will never overthink, like, oh, I haven't talked to this person in ages. They don't like me. It'll Mm. always just be oh, can't wait till I see them the next time, we'll have so much to catch up on. Whereas other people may think, wow, time spent apart, like distance, I need to really work to keep this close. Whereas I'm just like, I just know it will be fine.
1: (laughs) But that can come from, and I know this feels like we've gone on a tangent, but I feel like it does all circle back together. That can come from a place of an anxious attachment, which we've also talked about on the podcast before, attachment styles. Loose, you've got a very secure attachment style slash sometimes avoidant, but like (laughs) you can leave people and you know they're going to come back to you. Whereas an anxious attachment will be like, I've got to keep this person because they might leave me. And as someone like I was quite an anxious person, and I remember a time in my life when I literally had a running list of people that I'd seen and when I'd seen them. And I'd be like, it's been X amount of weeks, bring them back up to the top, bring them back up to the top. And it was exhausting. And it's also chaos. Like, who's doing that? that?
0: Is so interesting because I have a friend and I see him as everyone loves him to death. I see him as quite an, an anxious person and he will routinely, like it'll be the same period of time and he'll message me to like catch up. And I know that he's doing exactly what I have thought in the past that he's doing what you were doing because he catches up with so many people and everyone loves him to death. But it's like he has a list in his head that he goes through and, and he doesn't spend that much time alone, I don't think. Mm, and it's like yeah. he just keeps, yeah, he keeps these communications and these and these friendships up but out of a place of I think just like anxiety almost. Well this is where it comes
1: back to good old Tessa's words, or what is the engine? And I think it's yes. like if you're spending time with like now I went through a whole lot of learning and learned to spend time by myself, which I physically could not do before. It was terrifying to me. And I forced myself to learn how to do that and now I love that. But I mm. also when I engage with people it's not coming from like this crazy place of lack. It's like, mm-hmm. I actually want to see this person and I almost have more energy to message my friends and call them and not feel stressed out when I'm doing that. This also a segue, but I read the most unhinged article where a woman was talking and I, I'll try link it in the show notes if I can find it. She was talking about how she ranks her friends. I think I sent this to you. She has like an Excel sheet and she essentially will like rank her friends based on like where they're at in her life, like oh my god if they performed well when they were sitting next to someone at a dinner party I think it is chaos
0: put that in the show notes
1: which you know there's another there's a whole other level to that but yeah
0: that's like um making the list of friends that you need to like catch up with but also like ranking them as in "Mm, they've done something bad so maybe I'm gonna put them down the list and not catch up with them for like Three months at a time. I like,
1: it's so crazy. I mean, that's something an eight would do. I'm going to say it, Liz.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not going to lie. It's run through my mind <gasps> to do that before. Like, it, no, not rank them. Oh my god, no. Oh. It's run through my mind to write down the people, mostly because I'm. I never reach out. That I'm like, if I write down the people that I love and I need to reach out to, it might help me like get across this like imaginary boundary of giving someone a fucking phone call. That I have, because I always feel way better when I've done it, but I just... But there's
1: a block there. Yeah, the block is that I don't want to. Which we're going (laughs) to... We might run out of time today, but uh, next session, loose. (laughs) But I do... Okay, this is... And you're going to have to put up with me romanticizing for a second. Yeah. But I... When when Liv and Rubes were like, when the the news broke that they were moving away, I remember messaging you and I was like, I have been through this and I'm here. And I had, yeah, I had a few times where like my best, best friends moved overseas and like different ones at different times, but it was awful. And this also kind of coincided during that time when I couldn't spend any time alone. Um, but Having gone through that and now having moved to the other side of the world where we arrived and knew like literally three people, like I couldn't have done that if I hadn't Mm. gone through that because what I learned in that period, and this is so soppy, so you're going to have to put up with me, but there was a quote that I loved um, by someone called Henry Nguyen and it said, from now on, wherever you go or wherever I go, all the ground between us is holy ground. Your love is carried by something so much greater and... Okay, now I don't know if this is a quote or if I just wrote this. Um <laughs> this part is like, like, oh my god, I'm so poetic. What the I'm, fuck? I didn't know I wasn't this great. Um <laughs> written, your wins are my wins, your hurts are my hurts. We're really committed to this friendship and journeying together in a way that individualism doesn't really leave space for. And I just when my friends moved away, now I'm on the other side of the world, there is something about that, like, no matter if you are the space between you whatever that this ground between you the friendship space that you've built together for those people who and this again it's not everyone but those friendships like you have with live and rubes where it's like soul friends that space mm. is always going to be there and in some ways like you don't need to call them and I don't think you know obviously if they say I would like a f- call with you that's yeah. different but like I've got one of my best friends in New Zealand still. She will hardly ever call me. And before we left, she said, I'm so bad at comms. And I just know that, like, I could call her or I could turn up in New Zealand tomorrow and literally nothing will have changed and the friendship remains exactly as it was, you know?
0: Yeah, I I do know. And I also think, like, because some people say I'm so bad at comms is, like, a cop-out. And for some people... It is. Like, if someone's messaged you and there's something that they actually need you to really reply to, then you should. Yeah. I would never use it as a cop-out because they fucking know that I communicate with thousands of people every, like, I can't say I'm bad at comms. I just think I say, it's, like, how I am. Like, I just, I probably won't see you until we see each other physically. Yeah. Or, I mean, with Rubia, it's also different because we Zoom, like, every day. But but it's I housekeeping. Just, it, but it's that's for housekeeping things. That's why Laura now makes us talk for twenty minutes
1: before, before we go onto the podcast. Yeah, can you believe that this is actually scripted?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you believe that? Like we did say more off mic, <laughs> and I'm now thinking that we should aim to meet half an hour earlier than we usually would I, so I was thinking the
1: same it. Rupert the other yeah. week was like you're on there until like 10 30 at night <laughs> I was like "Yeah, it was a long act.
0: <laughs> I was like watching people trying to get in the podcast studio last week but I thought we were fine and I was like okay so maybe me and Laura need to bump this so that we can have this time to chat anyway we've turned this into housekeeping sorry <laughs> but okay Laura I, I wonder if Okay, I have some thoughts on this. If you've read the pieces that have been coming out lately about getting all your friends to move close to you and getting like getting your friends to live,
1: how do you know I've been reading those pieces? Are you inside my head?
0: This is my love language is knowing what content is going on in your life. Um, because I remember watching "Don't Worry, Darling," and before you know that it's all fucked up, they all live in this like cul de sac together with all their friends, and it seems fun. Um, And, like, half of my friends, we had this debate, half of my friends were like, I would fucking love that. You know, we all live in our separate houses, um, but we're all really close together. And then half of my friends, me included, were like, I would fucking hate that. Like, the idea, it feels like it strips a little bit of your, like, privacy or your, dare I say, individualism or whatever, like the fact that you could be in your house and every time you left, like, your friend could see what you were doing. And I don't know what that says about people, but... Half of us were like, we'd love to live on the same cul-de-sac, and then half of us were like, no way. But then as I get older, I'm like, even though this only came out last year, I'm like, it would be nice to live in the same City, at least you know, like the same area where you had the choice to see each other. But I wonder, would would you be a cul-de-sac girl? I mean, you didn't you live fucking that uh, next
1: door to your, yeah. one of your best friends? This is, I was like, I've literally written about this in the New Zealanders. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I literally, so I could not imagine anything better than that. Like, I was living Lucy's scene where I live because she or used to live in New Zealand because <laughs> she dropped off the podcast mic famously in my letterbox. <laughs> so glad it's come with us on this journey. But I lived in a block of four flats and right before I left, I'd got to the point where I had invited three, like out of the four flats, the other three I'd filled with our friends. Like it was a, it was a commune you are <laughs> for like a better term. Yeah. Um, and I loved it. And the last three weeks we were there, my best friends Kim and Matt moved in with their baby and we literally went around to their place every night and, like, ate dinner on their floor, romanticized the whole thing. Like, we'll forever refer to it as the one where we live next to each other. Mm. Like, it was the best thing. Red store life when I went to Tuscany was like, I need oh. to run a Airbnb. We're all my best friends. Like, yeah. I think – and, like, here, I think particularly even more so moving here – which London is a very lonely city and everyone has told us that. And everyone told us that before we came. And I think it's also why you get these like Kiwis and London groups that like cling together because you're like looking for a sense of commonality. And I feel like I've been really lucky that I've managed to make like a lot of friends and actually have a bit of a community here through work and through different things. Like I feel super lucky Mm. in that area, but it's still like, you're not really going to make like a soul friend. You know what I mean? Like it's very hard to do that and to have we definitely romanticize this idea of like having a shared life and a shared experience with people who really get you. And I think as humans, we're wired in this way for like a living situation where, you know, there's shared community and shared care. I think there's real benefits to that. And like the articles that are coming out about it have shown the benefits to people's health. Right. I remember yes. reading that.
0: And I, and I was reading it and um, one of them talked about how it's because, Before now, we haven't, for some reason, or like for a long time, we prioritized career. We're like prioritized your significant other, and we prioritize like your family or your aging parents or whatever that is. But now, people are seeing like the benefits of like treating friendship as like one of those things that, if not if it's not at the top of the hierarchy, it's pretty fucking high up there. Yeah, and I feel like that hasn't been prioritized for a long time and now it's like start like people are like I can actually live my life the way I want and fuck you to the systems that used to exist and and and, and like that thinking there's like way more of a pull towards not just having starting a traditional family and having a you know traditional picket fenced house where you live isolation your with friends but there's a good job there it's like no I want to prioritize friendship and happiness over that and that's really Interesting, and I think, like you, I read Still Life, I think, like a little bit before you, and that is what really changed my thinking about friendship and chosen family um, because I hadn't really, I was lucky that I grew up in Blenheim and met my best friends, like my soul friends there, and haven't really had to make any sense. And that's lucky, and it's also unlucky because I'm like, I will never meet someone and gain all that time that it takes to, mm. for me, I thought it took all that time to become, like, to meet you, match. But then I met, specifically when I met Belle, I remember saying to her, I never thought that I'd make another, like, good friend like you in my life now that Aww. I'm, like, 25. And then it's, like, the same with you as well. I feel like it's shown me that it's not really about time it's about like connection. connection. Yeah. Oh my oh. god! These podcasts are,
1: like, we it. have gone. No, I know. <laughs> wait. Okay. I will say one more thing before I start bawling my eyes out. Well, You're yeah, like, I don't do remember those. I know. We need to stop. It's ten to ten here, everyone. But the one I think that is amazing, and I think something about this living in community thing, which I do just want to touch on quickly, because I think it's something that. People have been doing for a very long time. Like living in community is not a new thing. Living with people that you necess- like, you actually choose to live near, which is why this thing of like living near your friends has come up recently because it's like you live near your family, but actually what if your friends did all live on the same street with you? But there's a community in Auckland that's been doing this, and it's like it's a church community where they all – kind of decided they were all going to work and live in the same suburb and people would intentionally move to that suburb, not like next door to each other, but they'd rent flats there, they'd start work there, they like worked at a cafe there, all because they wanted to essentially offer a sense of community to the people that were living there, become friends with them and like bring some like hope to like what felt like quite a lonely, you know, situation. And I think like that's something that's really interesting and they call it intentional communities, but it's something that having seen that go over like several years now, you're like, wow, that's like quite a flourishing community of people who like really care about each other.
0: And like anyone can do that. I feel like it just takes, it takes like someone like you, who is like really good at building community or really is intentional about building community, puts it quite high up in their values too. God, it sounds like we're starting a fucking cult, Jonestown. Like, so no. so, it's like it takes a cult leader to do that. Someone charismatic, good at building community, finds confidence. <laughs> no, but like all jokes aside, it just feels like with all these new ways of living that we're trying to employ into fucking every aspect of life. Why? Why isn't like living with your friends one that? Well, and I think it, well, I mean, we work tried to do this, but for. Like startups and fucking businesses, we were. like you know, I tried to do shared community, like working. That was a bit random in the end, but <laughs> now we can
1: do it. It didn't work out in the end, and I also do want to say as well, this is not like a pro gentrification in any capacity because I think I hear that what? back, and I'm like, move to an area, yeah. and I definitely am not. It's more like wherever you are, you can be a great person <laughs> and friends with the people around you. Great <laughs> caveat.
0: No, <I laughs> love, love the just caveat at the end. Also, caveat. Love. Um, I really wish that you were on this podcast with Laura and I because it's the deepness of our chat is like what I'm having with Laura, but for Laura it's all new. So she's like, Wow, Lucy, you're like this. Whereas if Liv, if you're listening and if you were here, you'd be like, Bro, I know you're like this. Like and that's it that would have been a dream for me. And if
1: for everyone listening who doesn't know who Liv or Ruby are, we're really sorry. Why
0: are you here? That you're not part of this community. No, I'm kidding.
1: Oh, um. <laughs> Right, we have to wrap this thing up loose. Tell me what's on your radar this week.
0: Literally just the new Boy Genius album. That's, oh. that's all I'm into right now. It's on my TikToks showing me. I love
1: it. Oh, gorgeous one. Well, mine, I'm two. One, I finally watched the first episode of Succession. I'm about to go watch the oh. second one, so no spoilers. And secondly, on my radar, haven't read it, don't know what it's like, but in theme of this, Elizabeth Day has a new book out, and it's a book on friendship. Oh, um, that she's just released. So I am going to go read that and bring those learnings here. Probably should have done that before we uh, did the friendship <laughs> podcast.
0: No, no, that's not how we operate around here. That is it's no, real time, baby. <laughs> it's real time. Thank you all for listening as usual. Thanks for listening to us fucking loll about dog with a blog and like all the random shit that might only make sense to us. Um, come and be a close friend. That's where my friendships flourish the most, is when you pay me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: The best friendships are actually transactional. to are. <laughs> Got turns, turns
0: out. Um, we'll put a link to become a Cisco supporter if you love this podcast. And please keep, I don't know, deeming us, commenting on the podcast post. And please just move in next door to us.
1: <laughs> we won't tell you where.
0: <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye.